So the big question is this. How do the best recruiters and recruitment business owners ride the highs and lows of recruitment whilst ensuring they remain at the top? How do they stay consistent? How do they manage their time? How do they cultivate the correct mindset? And what are the best recruiters and recruitment businesses doing differently? These are the questions that all recruiters want to know the answers to. This is the podcast where I have real and honest conversations with some of the most talented recruitment professionals globally to uncover all their secrets. My name is Hisham Azuz. Welcome to the Recruitment Rollercoaster Podcast. This podcast is sponsored and supported by my good friends at Hunted. Last year, Hunted helped over 300,000 recruiters all across the world. They're dedicated to improving not just the industry, but your place within it. If you want to be a better recruiter, have more resilience, see greater success in your recruitment career, or simply change jobs or country, then you need to check out hunted.com. I'd love you to check it out and let me know what you think. Welcome to the Recruitment Rollercoaster Podcast. My name is Hisham Azuz. And today, working from home, we're remote, and I'm joined by the lovely Cody Rogers, Chelsea Gannon, who both work for Ashley James Consulting and specialize in placing recruiters at all levels across the UK. Chelsea, Cody, thank you for uh, joining me. Oh, God. Thanks for having us. And um, as I was just saying, um, where I always like to start, on this podcast is how uh how the hell did you guys enter the world of recruitment let's start there <laughs> I would say for me I'm gonna be very very cliche and just say what everyone says which is I did fall into recruitment like it's not a it's not an avenue that I went into college and thought you know what that's what my career path looks like for me that's what I want to do Um, I'd just come back from a season in Ibiza that was skin really didn't know what to do with my life um and I thought well how number one how can I make money quick mm. what that's gonna look like what did you end up doing in Ibiza because I I did two I did two seasons in um I well on my CV I said Mallorca but obviously <laughs> it was it was Magaluf and I, I that was actually my first sales job so I ended up I ended up getting a job where it was commission only and I had to sell bar crawl tickets to um ah you're one of those so yeah i was one of those and yeah so <laughs> sending people on the street knocking on hotel doors and all that love that yeah no so i was um i worked for cafe mambo so i worked as a hostess so basically okay. on the streets trying to get people into the restaurant oh wow. which is similar to that similar yeah to yeah, yeah. Got to try and get people in that first 30 seconds like yeah yeah yeah, sit with us. yeah that's hard yeah, no, it was hard. Luckily, it wasn't commission-based only, and I did actually have quite a nice costume base to go with that. So, yeah, no, I was loving life there and thought, I came home, didn't really have a lot of money and thought, what can I do that's going to get me money quick? And recruitment just kept popping up on the job board. So I just thought, let me get it. Why do you think that always pops up? Because that always happens. It does, like, Why it? does it always pop up? <laughs> I'm not really sure. I think... I don't. I don't really know. I'm not really sure about <laughs> how many recruitment businesses there are, though. Not only just in the northwest, but all over the UK. Like, yeah, yeah there are so many recruiters hiring all the time. Yeah, it's true. It's true. 
that's fair enough so yeah yeah <laughs> so, so we ended up finding obviously re- recruitment consultant everywhere so uh, so then you just started applying for jobs started applying for jobs I did actually go through a retrack at the time to um my previous company yeah. I actually ended up in accountancy recruitment which I hated like I really? was awful at maths in school (laughs) and I think thinking about the market that you want to specialize in is actually really important Mm. um, because you need to be passionate about what you're speaking to with those candidates on a daily basis so yeah and then I really found my passion in in internal and actually speaking to people that I could relate to which was recruiters so that's when I fell into the internal role at my previous company and it just sort of flourish from there really so so just to set the scene then before um chelsea let us know how you got into recruitment so for you then cody so got back from ibifa started applying for jobs ended up in the recruitment firm that specialized in accounting and finance and it yeah and it sorry so worked there and then it didn't work out and then you went internal for another company no 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 so i tried to leave that company because i hated the oh okay got you my old boss was like, Cody, don't leave. Try and do internal for us. Oh, I, okay, okay, cool. So you ended up going internal for the company yeah. you originally joined? Yeah, and uh, then I did really well in that. And then it just sort of went on from there, really. Okay, and then obviously... Until so- I pestered the hell out of her until <laughs> she came and joined me at AJC. So, and then you've been at AJC for, what, the last four or five months? I About, think. yeah, I'd say coming up to five months, but yeah, around four months now. Okay, cool. So Chelsea, how how did you get into recruitment? How did that happen? So mine mine's probably a little bit different because I didn't fall into recruitment like most people always do. And when I was at uni, I worked at um, Enterprise Rent-A-Car and did the the placement year there. Loved it. And then in my final year, I did a campus campus recruiter. So I was recruiting people on campus for um, Enterprise to join the management trainee program that they did. Okay. Love doing that. Like I'm naturally very competitive anyway. So be able <laughs> to be able to compete against the rest of the UK for it was like right up my street. Um, and when I went back to Enterprise, um, I was in I was in um, a manager for my final like two years whilst I was there. And a position came up internally for a talent acquisition role. And okay. I thought, this is my chance to to get back, you know, to carry on doing the recruitment for the business. And I was really excited about it. Um, and I didn't get it. So I was gutted. <laughs> so I stayed for a little bit longer. And I thought, like, what am I doing? Like, I was so excited and passionate about going into recruitment. That's what I need to do. So I started looking at a few recruitment businesses. And I interviewed with a couple of different companies and just the the style that they had was not for me. And I thought, or oh, I'm never going to find one that I like until I met Ash, um, at Ashley Jones. And then I was like, yeah, this is for me. Everything that he told me about the vision that, you know, he had for the company. And at the time, it was just Ash and one other. Yeah. Um, and he told me about all these great growth plans that they had. And I just could just see myself with the business and, you know, doing all the plans that Ash had. Um, and then ended up joining AJC um, about two and a half years ago now. Um, and then went from from three of us to like 20 of us. So wow, that's it's been cool. quite a journey. But yeah, I definitely had set my sights on recruitment from my uh, my small experience that I'd had at, at university. So, so just a quick one on that 
uh, challenge because I think that's really interesting. Um, so, um, so d- as you just said, set the scene. So you've now been where obviously you currently are for two and a half years and, and you guys just focus on helping, as you said, all recruitment levels in, into getting into recruitment and different jobs in recruitment, right? So um, on that quick one, so I speak to a lot of business owners on this and one of the common challenges which is obviously why you guys exist is, is hiring for their own business, obviously, which is the most ironic thing ever. Um, but just, just on, just on that, I just think you raised a really interesting point. A lot of businesses, uh, obviously are smaller businesses, which no doubt that, you know, 80% of the recruitment, UK recruitment industry employs under 10 staff. Um, so I always get messages from people on like the challenges of, of scaling and, and growing a business but I think a lot of people I've spoken to, when it's just two people or a smaller business, it's like, what the hell do I, how do I convince someone to join this business? Like there's so many other bigger businesses or other more established companies that can join. So just on that point, Chelsea, like what, what was it that, because I think people can benefit from this, like what was it that sort of really drew you in? And I know you started talking a bit about it, but like for you, two person business, that is very easy to be in that boat and be like, why would anyone join us? Do you, know, do you know what I mean? Yeah, to be fair, it is a little bit crazy because yeah. starting in recruitment in a business where there are just, you know, there are three of you, um, not actually knowing what you're doing, you, there's so much exposure. Like yeah. in a bigger business, you can hide in the masses and you can get away with probably not doing an awful lot. Whereas when it is you, one other, and your director yeah. in an office, like, you know, it's all eyes on you, whether they mean to or not like you are fully exposed in it but with that there's also that direct access to the the owner of the business who is the best yeah, yeah, yeah. you know person to learn from so I'd say definitely being able to learn from Ash and directly and pick up what he <laughs> and does was, and, was that part of the know. cell was that part of like Chelsea absolutely you're gonna yeah. have direct access to me you can learn etc yeah, that was a massive part of the cell because I could learn everything, you know, firsthand from him and see how he works because Ash, Ash you know, Ash has never just been, um, you know, just a manager. Like he's been in the, with us all, you know, in the trenches, uh, working the same way that we do for, for us to be able to, I suppose, <coughs> copy that initially and then turn that into our own, kind okay. of, you know, how we want to recruit. But then it was also the vision that he had for the company and that, we were able to, you know, to work with that vision and, and, you know, create our own vision within the company as well so that we can mould the business to the way that we want it to be. Like the the business has changed so much since sure. I joined, but I've been a part of those changes and yeah. moulding the business to be the way that we want it to be. So, so and I guess obviously this is what, when you work for businesses now, is, is, it, is it really important for smaller growing businesses then to to make sure that they communicate like where they're going because they may not be where because do you know what i mean on the face of it they may not have the the nice plush offices the pool table the bean bags and all that sort of stuff right now but yeah it sounds like what the hook was for you was look chelsea the two of us right now but trust me i can i can help you get to where you want to and also this is where we are going to be and this is what you can be part of and, and yeah you, and i think you, it's believing yeah. in both yourself and in the business isn't it yeah like no matter what move you make there's all you've you're always going to have to take that leap of faith and take that risk to be you know to get where you want like there's nothing if it's not a risk it's not exciting and it's not going to bring you on to bigger better things and joining a small business 
allows you to do that. Like we have a bit of a motto at AJC is that we only work with businesses that we would happily go and work for ourselves. Mm. So a lot of the businesses we work with... Why do you have that motto? Small. Just because we wouldn't want to put anybody in a business that we wouldn't want to go and work at ourselves. So we don't work with like, you know, the big corporate businesses because, you know, most of the time the commission structures aren't as good. The progression opportunities aren't as big and you aren't necessarily as big of an asset to the business as you would be in in a larger business because, you know, it's not, you know, people always talk about just being a number or a bum and a seat and in a smaller business, you're much more than that. Mm. Okay. That's, that's interesting. So how, so obviously both of you have been, so Cody for you then, so you was an internal, how long was you an internal recruiter for before you joined, um, obviously your recent role now, sorry. Yeah. So (laughs) just over a year. So I was at my previous company for just over a year. Um, and I would say probably about, uh, nine months of that was me being internal. Yeah. So Okay. Um, so, so obviously, so the both of you have had the joys of recruiting recruiters for what nearly three <laughs> years or so combined. How's yeah. that been? I love it. Oh, well, I, I would not choose any other market to be in. Really? I do that job. Like I, can yeah. leave, I'm doing that right now. Mm. Rather than any other sector where I'd have to get my head round, I don't know, like within IT, like all the different languages and things like that, I couldn't do that. Like I can. Mm. Yeah, we recently learned that Java and JavaScript are two completely different things, and <laughs> that was just like, yeah, we're definitely Rectorec is definitely for us. Yeah, that's fair enough. So, what? Why? Um, what are the what are the typical misconceptions? Like you guys, I think online and everything that you do, I think you clearly sort of with what you just said there, I think it's, it's you, when you say that, like, I know that I can, I know that you mean it. Yeah. Like cause of you Chelsea. Right. And, and I think that's really authentic. And I think when you see you guys online, you can, you can tell that you're generally really passionate about working with recruiters and you choose to be in this. Right. But I think what, what are the, the typical misconceptions of Rectorex? Cause I think the, the recruitment industry doesn't have the best name. Although I think it's it's being tried and tested in the current um, adversity and people that do stand by their clients and, and candidates are, are going to get through this, but <clears throat> within that, Rectorex don't have have it have have it even better either. Do you get what I mean? So like, what yeah, what is the, the t- what me. is the typical misconception of you guys? And to your- be fair, it's not necessarily always a misconception. Okay. Some Rectorex out there, it's mind blowing what yeah. what what businesses do, and it, I don't necessarily think it's just Rectorex. I think it's recruiters sometimes sure. in general yeah. across the board, um, and I suppose it depends on your I suppose your own moral compass. Um, I had a candidate yesterday who I was speaking to, and we were on the phone for a good twenty minutes. Um, and this candidate, um, we started discussing one of the businesses that we work with. And he says to me, oh, hang on a second, Chelsea. I think I've heard of that business before. I'm like, okay, cool. You know, have you interviewed with them before? Have you heard of them? He's like, um, no, a wreck to wreck um, messaged me on LinkedIn yesterday. And they asked me if I was looking for a new job. So I said, yes. And they said, okay, cool. Send me your CV. Have you heard of this company? And he says, no, no, I've not heard of them before. Great. I'll send your CV over. This, this wreck to had never actually had a conversation with this candidate. Um, and was going to introduce him to one of the businesses. So 
I think sometimes, yes, you know, there is sometimes that where Rectorex or recruiters in general might behave in a way that that isn't okay. Whereas, you know, we do genuinely spend a lot of time with our candidates and we really care about our candidates. Wouldn't you say, Cody? 100%. I mean, for me, I guess it's a different point of view. So when I was an internal recruiter, I really didn't like Rectorex. Really? I was like, oh. Why? I just had really bad experiences. What, like, okay, what, so what were your bad experiences then? So, like, we'd interview people and they, like, they wouldn't show up for, like, final stage interviews. Yeah. You wouldn't have the, the rector act like, Jason, okay, how was the interview? Like, how did it go? And, and like, actually they didn't turn up. Like, no one would ever chase the feedback. And when I've asked about people that didn't show up to interviews, I've asked, well, what, what happened to them? What was the reason behind that? no relationship building like it was just literally very very transactional like here's a candidate do you want them yes or no if not I'm going to send them elsewhere because I don't care about your business mm. like with us our clients like they are like our friends that like, we want yeah. to build that relationship so for me choosing to go into rec to rec I guess it was just I'd never heard anything bad about Asha James and that's a really good thing yeah that, that helps yeah like I'd, I'd never heard a long bad way all about hearing like good things about the business and what I'd seen about them and what they stand for on morals was really, really strong. So for me, it was just, I wanted to go into business where I could actually make a difference in the industry sure. and change that mindset and sort of misconception of Rectorex basically. Uh, yeah, I, think... I think that's why we do so much on LinkedIn as well to show that there are businesses out there that are different. Yeah. And a lot of the candidates and the clients that we work with, like Cody said, we have really good relationships with them. Um, so much that candidates don't feel pressured by us to make a certain decision. Like they know that we'll always have the back, whether they choose the business that we represent them to, or they choose one that they've got direct or through another recruiter. Like we'll always do like one of our values is do do the right thing. Yeah, and we'll sure. do that always for the candidate it? and the client. Yeah. Yeah, I think not honestly. I think that's um, relevant to recruiter in any market. Like, it, I think it is still astounding that the sort of people, um, at obviously, um, delivering a recruitment service which involves pinging over CVs and not even getting sort of really understanding the people they're working with and being consultative yeah. and all these types of things and Basically it is crazy but but I, I but I, ge- I genuinely think that I genuinely think and this came up in the sort of live podcast the other day if you're someone that is de- if, is approaching recruitment like that then I think in in sort of the current climate right now and the times like you you've laid your bed yeah you've laid your bed and you're gonna have to lay in it because like trying to build new business now build a good reputation from scratch is going to be fucking difficult like really difficult and I think that's why I think you guys being really passionate about that and, and focusing on that um and just recruiters in general doing that it go will go such a long way um, yeah definitely I think to be fair the way that the tech world is going right now as well like there are robots that could find someone's yeah cv and, and if they're doing yeah. the job and send it away like a human being like that contact is it yeah, yeah exactly. exactly um okay then so for you guys personally then how how has how has the rec to rec career served you so far like let's talk about your own personal journeys as recruiters like you spend a lot of time online and sharing content talking about other people and you help people but for you guys personally what what have been some of the biggest challenges for you guys personally in your recruitment career today <clears throat> 
I would have to say right now is my biggest challenge. Yeah. I'm not gonna lie. Like yeah, yeah. I've I've come from being internal. So I've gone from the internal to the 360 in the last four to five months. And within that time, I've started to build my pipeline. I've got these amazing relationships with all these brilliant clients and candidates. And it's all just sort of going a bit down. <laughs> <laughs> We're all in a recruitment free, so I think yeah. just trying to have a positive mindset and seeing the bigger picture mm. in the current climate that we are in has been my biggest challenge. And mm. um, so, yeah, that that would be. How, how have you how have you gone about doing that then, Cody? Like, how have you tried to? What have you tried to focus on, or what what's have you tried to do things on a daily basis? Try and help ensure that you are trying to focus on the th- the positive things. But what what have you tried to do then? So for me, I'm all about affirmations. So every day, like, what do I want to achieve in my day? So rather than having such a a massive goal, like, oh my God, we've got this amount to deliver on and all of our clients and candidates have obviously dried up. Yeah. Um, Looking at, okay, so what can I achieve today? What are my affirmations? So like, I'm a strong, successful individual and I'm going to, well, like little affirmations like that. Okay. So all about positive affirmations and just setting smaller goals each day and making sure I'm able to actually tick them off rather than being unachievable. Okay. How has that helped you? It's helped a lot. Like I've only recently got into that and there's a brilliant book if anyone's wanting to hear, like read it. I can't remember what the author's called, but it's it's very well known. It's called The Power. And they've got a, a, The, the power, power of Now. The Power of Now. Yeah. 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 Um, Eckhart Tolle. Oh, so I know there's Rhonda. I don't know if that was the secret, the sequel. Okay. Well, what, so what? The book's called The Power of Now. The Power of Now, but they've also got a sequel called The Secret. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you heard of that one? I've heard of The Secret, but I think I feel like that's that's a different that's a different person, definitely. It's a different <laughs> person, but it's it's on the Power of Now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Fair yeah. enough. Yeah, I mean, the Power I, of uh, Now is Rhonda By- Byron or something like that. That's oh, really? The- yeah, Rhonda. That's who I thought yeah. it was. Rhonda. <laughs> the power of now. What? No, the secret. Oh, oh the, the secret. secret. I was going to say. Yeah, you were you were right on uh, the power of now, Husham. I was going to say. Sorry, that's what I mean. But yeah, so they're two different people. That's that's what I meant, Cody. That's all. Different uh, people, same sort of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what what did you get? So for me, I, I think a lot of people can get, particularly to recruitment. So when I read the power of now. It was one of those books that generally had a real impact on on my life, um, and it just really infor- it just really enforces that mindset of of being present. Um, and I think having having the habit of having perspective, being present, mm-hmm. um, is is such a useful um, perspective to have in life, but particularly in recruitment. I think what I really struggle with. And definitely having a challenge with now is is definitely well early on in my recruitment career, letting the emotions get the better of me. Um, and I think when when you have that perspective and you remain present and what can I do right now and not thinking about how things can turn out or how things did turn out, massively helps. So I totally get that. But definitely in the current climate, it's difficult. <laughs> no doubt. What well, what about you, Chelsea? So if you, would you say I don't know bef- before this or even if now is the the biggest challenge for you, like what what's been some of the biggest hurdles? I think um, 
I think in recruitment, all challenges are, I suppose, relative to the time. So like when I very first started, this is probably more for like the trainee or rookies of uh, the recruitment world right now. But when I first started being in office of just three of us, making my first calls were like yeah, the biggest hard. challenge at the time. Like I remember going out into the hall because I didn't want to make those calls in the yeah. office with everybody listening in and, you know, me being worried about messing up. So I went out into the co- into the corridor, left about 12 voicemails and then realized no one's going to answer the phone anyway. So just, you know, see how you get on and wing it when they answer. So that was my <laughs> first initial approach to it. And I think at the time when I was going through all of that, and this has probably been my mindset throughout a lot of my recruitment career so far is the fact that everything is temporary yeah everything so whether it, it is you know being terrified to get on the phone and like phone fear in the first week like my director must have been thinking he'd made a wrong a bad decision at the time but you know two and a half years later proved it proved that wrong potentially and um, but then further down the line is like other challenges that we face in recruitment are like candidate control and candidates pulling out of process I remember the biggest deal that probably hurt me the most was actually one of my really close friends who's also a recruiter who I tried to place um and she got the offer handed a notice in um and then took a counter offer so oh. like you know it hurts and that probably still would have been oh yeah she's still one of my <laughs> best friends so I won't hold it against it again do the right thing is one of our values so you know it, if that was the right thing and she's still with the business so um you know, so that for me was a massive challenge at the time because yeah. that was this huge thing that I was so excited for and I lost it and there's nothing I could do to recover it. So again, it's just learning from the, those challenges. Um, and then the probably other, other than this happening right now with everything going on in the world with coronavirus, one of my biggest challenges right now, I would probably say, was transitioning from being just little of me billing away, carrying on as I was doing and being successful in my role as a, you know, as a senior consultant to taking on a team. Yeah. Learning that transition between just, you know, as recruiters, we can be quite selfish and just concentrating on me and cracking on. So then having this team of four of people that, you know, I wanted to, to give all of my time to and then realizing that actually if I give all my time to them, where's the rest, you know, when do I do my actual job? Yeah, yeah. Um, so that was really difficult. But again, it's all temporary. So, you know, my Q4 of last year was pretty shoddy. I'm not going to lie. It was pretty rubbish, um, but made it through that. And then this quarter so far this year, um, up until all of this has happened, I'd done in, you know, less than three months. I'd done half of my year target yeah so it's all relative and it's all temporary so you can have a terrible quarter one quarter and then the next you can pull it out the bag and you know Mm. you you back onto a winner so yeah I suppose it's just having that mindset of it's temporary so when things are really really good enjoy it when things are bad work through because it's going to end like the bad times are are gonna they're gonna go and you're gonna be able to a better thing anyway eventually and I think let's let's just all really um pray that the coronavirus is temporary <laughs> yeah but uh no I, I totally get that so I guess let, let's talk about that for a second Chelsea because I think something that comes up a lot um with recruiters that I have on this podcast um and I think what would be really interesting is maybe just talk about how you've had to I know it's obviously been really recent but so you've had to go from someone that transitioning from worrying about Chelsea Billings, 
which is obviously why you've got to the position where you are, which is now it's like, right, Chelsea, go build a team and stuff like that. Um, to then make sure that Cody's doing the best she can and um, obviously supporting when they need support. So how have you now, I'm sure that's been a transition itself, as you said, but how have you now um, ensured that you're given, like how have you transitioned to now doing that remotely? Because that, that must be difficult. Zoom <laughs> 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 and Audro. <laughs> you know what I mean? That, that's... Literally, video calls are the way forward. Really? Like we have um, we have a WhatsApp group that we literally check in on. Okay. Because we, 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 we aren't, this isn't new for us to work from home. We work okay. from home quite often. So this is just more of an extended version of us sure. working from home. Um, but yeah, when we work from home, it's just checking in on WhatsApp, WhatsApp's regular calls. Um, we use, obviously, you know, Zoom's been yeah. brilliant recently for us. Zoom's quite a new one. Um, but otherwise, we use other video platforms, which are great for helping us keep in touch while we're not together. But it's also just knowing that you know, we, we hired these people because they're, they're very good at what they do. Yeah, people mm. need help and need learning, but also that we can just trust them to do what they need to do. One of the other values that we have is um, ask for forgiveness, not permission. So nice. literally do what you need to do. If you mess it up, just own it and, yeah. you know, take responsibility for that. But otherwise, you just do what you need to do and we'll be there to help you. So it's just, I suppose backing off a little bit and let people just do their own thing like we we all have a very authentic approach and if somebody knows you know so they're just going to do it the way they want to do it but if somebody know is struggling they know that they can come to me or you know to anybody else within the business to help them sure so just real practical advice and Chelsea you can use how you've structured things now or maybe uh, just how you had done things like what what does a typical <clears throat> billing manager week look like for you in terms of where what touch points you always make sure that you have with your team if that's I don't know you're always making sure that you're gonna have a check-in at 12 12 to 12 30 after they've had their morning session I don't know what what have been the sort of non-negotiables for you to make sure that you're communicating as a manager throughout hey. the week the main thing, I suppose, when we're when we're not in the office is, and and when we are in the office, it's that in the morning when we'll say, listen, what's everybody's plan for today? Okay. You know, what what are the key things that you want to get done? Um, and also, what's your what's your plan for the week? We do, um, we have regular, we call them huddles, um, nice. on a Monday, which is what's the plan for the week? What do we all intend to do? And then we've all got our own day plans as well to to kind of follow some structure so that we all know what we need to do as and when. But in rec to rec and and you know recruitment in general the days vary quite a yeah, lot so but, we aren't we aren't down to like strict call times or things like that we're not a kpi driven environment so our days change very very quickly so we can have a whole plan set out and then we can have a you know one of the businesses that we partner with call us up and say hey we need this many people um you know, we want to be interviewing next week. We're, you know, who've you got? So we're like, cool, leave it with us. Let us get all yeah, over that. Yeah. Or we might have, you know, a plan of to do one thing and we might have an amazing candidate come on the market or that we've, you know, got in contact with who we want to make sure we get that person out as quickly as possible. So we'll do that. So it does vary quite a lot. And the guys all know now how to manage the days through us, you know, sitting and doing that together and making sure that we're all following a similar structure. But I would say I'm not. I am definitely a hands-on type of person with with helping people, but also I know that everybody's very capable to do what they do. So I'm here when they need me, and we regularly book in 
just like 50 minute catch-ups um, and longer one-to-ones as and when people need it and monthly kind of catch-ups to see how everybody's doing and you know what we need to do improve recently um Cody can actually tell you about this because she's the one that told the rest of the team because one of the businesses that we partner with um brought us into a new way of thinking when things do go wrong um do you want to cover that off briefly yeah Cody? I don't know if you've seen my post um but the black black box way of thinking have you yeah, ever yeah. so time yeah, yeah yeah I know who you're on about um Michael um what's his face um I've seen them actually do a talk but yeah black box thinking yeah so um one of my clients basically I had the worst well prior to now <laughs> the worst sort of like few days of, of like my career so far like I just had like a massive figure drop out all in the space of two days really and just like it was about 50 and I just built this up yeah me I was like what have I done wrong to have this many dropouts in the space of two days and John at Finley James he rang me up and he was like Cody it happens to all of us yeah just gotta think what could have you done differently like when a plane crashes and they've got that black box which they go into and see what what went wrong yeah yeah so that just way of like thinking I think it's brilliant and they regularly do black box meetings so instead of pointing the finger like what went wrong here why did you do this yeah your fault it's a team effort like what could we done as a team or moving forward what can we change about our way of working that's going to make sure that doesn't happen again yeah Um, so yeah no I think it's just a brilliant way of working and I really really appreciated like John just spending his time to to have a chat yeah that's awesome I think really I think, yeah, I think the quicker you can, and it is hard, but the quicker you can as a recruiter, be accountable and be willing not to point the finger and look at yourself and go, right, how could I have, did I do everything that I could there? If so, great. If not, what could I have improved? Like, how am I going to do it differently? And and you definitely grow up. You have to grow up quite quickly um, <laughs> with that if you want to improve and, and become better. Um, yeah, so I, I love definitely that. think that that's helped us as a team, hasn't it? Yeah, that that's awesome. So I guess let let's like so let let's sort of segue into the 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 sort of current world that we're in now uh, in the recruitment world. So just firstly, as we're talking about being a billing manager, getting better at focus, focusing on what we can um, get better at, rather than just pointing the finger and these types of things. Like right now, like for you guys as recruiters, like what are you focusing on right now that you deem is the important activity that's going to help you sort of achieve, like get to where you need to be or get through this tough time? Like, especially you as a manager, Chelsea, like what, what, what's important that you, your guys or you yourself, Cody, that you're making sure that you do on a daily basis and what are the sort of important tasks and priorities right now for you guys? I suppose um, just for, for just recruitment in general, with this it's realizing that what we're all going through right now is nobody else has ever really had to deal with this on such a big scale like this yeah. is a once in a lifetime type scenario yeah, for sure. um so it, i suppose it's realizing that and knowing that we have, nobody has actually done anything wrong with you know for this to happen and it's just working through it and not getting yourself too bogged down about the situation um, for us, like I feel like a therapist at the moment, sure. um, talking to candidates who have gone through just so much stress in the past few weeks with everything that's going on. Like I think we're just trying to 
speak to as many people as we can, reassure them that, you know, again, it isn't going to last, like they're going to be back, you know, into the recruitment recruitment positions at some point soon. Um, but yeah, just being there for people and speaking to as many people as we can, both candidates and clients, because there are businesses that, that we partner with that have had to let people go for, you know, financial stress. And I suppose it's just being there for them in any way that we can you know we know the industry so well so we just want to pass on that knowledge as much as we can to help mm-hmm. everybody so you, you, know, so you, you guys are really doubling down on sort of your own networks clients candidates rather yeah trying to drum up new yeah business. i'd say right now just keeping those relationships warm yeah. like when when things do start to pick up again, they know who to go to because I was the one that didn't just say, yeah, no, sorry, not got anything for you. Yeah. I was like, oh my God, how are you feeling about the situation? Like, how is this affecting you? Like, what what's your sort of like action plan? And the same with our clients. Like, this is just as heartbreaking for those businesses that have took so long to build up their own, like, I guess, their own like dream company. And this yeah. is just, plummeting for them just as much as it is for a candidate who's just started a new role or they've just started like establishing themselves in a business Mm. um I think that probably is a priority right now because we know that this is going to be temporary rather than how quick where can we get new business from going back to what our ethos is we only work with businesses that we want want to partner with ourselves so we need to make sure that we are strategic with that now or forward really yeah okay and what's been like um i know everyone's sort of individual in these types of things but i'm sure you've said quite a lot of the same things like what what's what what have been the things that you've been saying to people that have unfortunately found themselves being made redundant for whatever reason like what have you been talking to them about and like what have you been reassuring them with i suppose (laughs) it's okay sorry (laughs) i suppose it's just again that you know it th- this is temporary um finding out what the full situation was like is it for some businesses they've let a couple of people go for some businesses they've let a lot of people go it's seeing I suppose where they fall within that and also what stage in their recruitment career they're at because that varies massively on what we can do to help them right now so there are candidates that may have been in recruitment for a week or three months or six months um as opposed to people that have been in recruitment or, or with the current current business for maybe three, four, five years. Yeah. Um, right now, those those two right now are very different things. Um, recruitment for more rookies has slowed down a lot. I'm because, assuming, yeah, it's going to be more difficult for people that have got less experience. Yeah, because there's nobody there to train them and go through yeah, all yeah. those really difficult parts of that you have in the beginning, which is mainly shadowing people. You shadow, you learn, you do, you know, you 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 work that way whereas for people that are more experienced there is more opportunities for them right now because I suppose the way that businesses are thinking is that they can just plug straight in and yeah yeah, and carry on and but for a lot of businesses the the work has dried up a little bit so there isn't loads going on I know for some companies they want to retain the people that they've got and don't necessarily want to put the rest of the business at risk by bringing new people in so for us it's just educating people on that and that they don't nobody will penalize anybody right now for stepping out of recruitment like right now people need to focus on themselves the mental health the families you know people have dependents that rely on them so right now you need to focus on on and do what you need to do so if you need to go and get a job at a supermarket or be a delivery driver for a little while or 
whatever that might be, yeah. nobody in recruitment will hold that against them when the industry picks back up again. So if that's what they need to do, then then that is an option they should take. Um, there are people that we can work with, though, and place into roles. Um, there are businesses still hiring. There may not be many of them, but there is, you know, there are still a couple of things that we can do to help people. That's really that's such a really interesting point that Chelsea that you make there. I think I think a lot of people because I've I've got quite a few messages because obviously the podcast and my network obviously I know I obviously know people like you and know other people that could obviously help people that have found themselves in that position and I just love that might that sort of perspective actually is that like no one will hold hold it against you if you have a couple of months working at ASDA or whatever it may be that you do because trust me we are not going to forget this quickly <laughs> um, Absolutely. So, so I think that's so, I think hopefully that will make sort of re, sort of make people feel a bit relieved or actually may yeah like people don't need to feel like they need to jump straight back into another recruitment company or whatever it's like you may have to have a have quite a bit of humility you may have to do things you may not want to but it's it's you've you've got to do what you've got to do and um but I, I really like that actually that's really interesting to to know that and hear that from you um so current the current recruitment industry landscape from your from your guys perspective is it is it is it typically bigger businesses then that are still saying look chelsea cody we, if you get the right people potentially we'll be able to hire some people like what what does the current actual landscape look like for people that are looking to don't want to they want to stay in recruitment like they don't want to do anything else what what does the actual current like market look like so yeah for experienced consultants that can plug in from the get-go so whether that be smaller boutique businesses there's not a lot in all honesty yeah. but there's a couple when we say, um, sorry Cody sorry to bite in, but when we say experience what we're we talking here realistic we're we talking like a year plus two years what what year what, what, and a half two years mainly plus experience fair enough that makes sense industry. they've not just done one element they've done the full 360 yeah 360 yeah um, consistent yeah. billers as well. Consistent, like the figures have to be there. It might well be you've only been in recruitment for like a year, but you've been at that level that a three year, two year. Yeah, yeah. Is that so? If that's the case, then you're obviously going to be considered as well. But it is the larger companies that are financially stable right now that are cash heavy that they can afford to still bring on people and not look at redundancies or anything along those lines. So yeah. Yeah, um, it okay. financially makes sense for those sort of businesses. And they are still recruiting by doing telephone interviews, video interviews, um, and just going through the process that way. Yeah. yeah, saying that though, there are still a few, not many, but a few businesses. So there's a, a, an amazing business that we work with in Birmingham um, who are um, 10 people. There's a great business that we work with in South Manchester who are probably 35, 40 people. Um, in that particular office who are also looking for people so it's not just the big big Bigger, businesses big, yeah, yeah, yeah. but um, there are just few and far between of those smaller businesses that are currently hiring yeah that makes sense um okay cool what, what I'd love to just talk a bit about before um we finish just because I think it's really relevant in sort of what's going on right now like for me I don't know what you guys think but speaking to some of my clients about this earlier today but I like I think LinkedIn is probably the noisiest it's ever been right now yeah. <laughs> like is actually like crazy I think um and like so <clears throat> I'm sure you guys get this a lot maybe more so um for you Cody as well but like like 
your your guys' journey on being more visible on LinkedIn, sharing content, like let let's just because I think a lot of people will view this as an opportunity to start. They yeah. may they may perceive themselves having more time. I think you've seen the number of posts of people. I think this is the great thing with LinkedIn is that if you were to post tomorrow and if you're in an unfortunate situation, there's gonna be a lot of people that can help you and you can get a lot of visibility um to to give you an opportunity that could mean that your your problem could be solved if that's getting a new job or whatever so like wh- when you guys you guys starting to share content um your advice to people thinking of starting to share content like what were your biggest challenges when you started sharing content for, I think guys? for me it was just making sure what i'm putting out to my platform is going to be relevant to them i'm yeah. not just talking about anything and and everything so making sure that your network is related to the content that you're putting out so that means not like connecting to everyone and, and everyone as well and yeah. um, having a specific market to target on and I think just trial and error like I if you go back to all my videos like I was not confident whatsoever <laughs> like <laughs> hi guys this is Cody like you have to just get comfortable in front yeah. of the camera um and just make sure that yeah, like people that you, you're speaking to and trying to get a nibble from can actually relate to the, the stuff that you put out. Like I got my like inspiration from sitting as an internal recruiter and listening to recruiters every day. Like I just used to sit there and like, oh, this happened today with, with those guys. So if it is a completely different market, such as IT, engineering, speaking to your candidates, find out what's going on right now in the market. What's the most difficult thing that's happened in your day to day? tell me about that and then actually getting in front of a camera and telling other engineers about that or other IT people about that yeah Um, so yeah I just think making sure that the content's as valuable to the audience as possible Mm. yeah and just be authentic yeah with it just be yourself like don't try and be anybody else because you won't be as good at that um but also just making sure that you're talking about things that you actually know about. Because if you go putting stuff on LinkedIn, that is wrong. There are a lot of uh, LinkedIn police out there who will definitely yeah, correct get, you. You'll get buried. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, I think my my two some like what you what you can do sometimes to get around that is just sort of say, look, guys, this is what I'm hearing in the market. This is what people are telling me, and sort of pull it back on your network and say, what do you guys think, or what are people's thoughts on this? Um, yeah, I, I totally get that. And I guess, where where do you guys think a lot of people get it wrong then with it? What, what, what are your thoughts on that? Because I think a lot of people are doing it more now. I think whenever I go into recruitment businesses, a lot of people, because they're connected with Rectorex or whatever, they like a lot of people will think that Rectorex um, share loads of content and like it, like they've done it all and they've done loads of videos and all these types of things. So a lot of people think that that's where they have to start um but like i'm sure obviously you're connecting with loads of recruiters now so like where where do you think people get it wrong don't sell too much to people yeah Yeah. we're all recruiters people don't want to be sold to so if you're constantly putting posts out that are new job for this job apply for this like urgent new job like that i know that's the way most most can do it but people don't buy into that anymore Mm. um people buy into people like if you want to look for a new job you'll go on LinkedIn jobs or you'll go on a job board or you know if you if that's what you're looking for but people want to actually have conversations with people that care about what you care about so I suppose that's the way that that we kind of work we talk about what we 
what we're passionate about and you know yeah. what we like to do and I suppose it's what there's no special formula for it we're just being ourselves so mm. that's probably the best advice is if you want to do it just get on there and do it yeah I would say consistency as well like you're gonna have times that you're like oh that wasn't a great video but then okay <laughs> what can I do next so my, my next video is better or the next post that put out is better like consistency like constantly delivering and trying to so that includes speaking to your network as well liking other people's posts engaging with them and not just expect that engagement to come to you I think that's where a lot of people do it wrong is they just put a post out hoping that people like it when they've not actually built relationships with the people that with anybody people yeah. connected yeah. with you yeah. um, yeah, I so true. everyone in my network so yeah. and that's a really good like yeah yeah no so I think yeah I think that's what I was trying to drill into recruiters is that everything that you should be because the the biggest challenge the biggest challenge that every recruiter gives me is they have no idea what to create content about well that is the most that is the most popular challenge from every single recruiter that I've worked with that they've given me um and it's just yeah it's just it's exactly what you guys have said it's remembering that everything that you talk about discuss is exactly what you should be talking about and, and get to know your network and build relationships, which is what you should be doing um, anyway. Um, so ladies, how, how do we see this going over the next couple of months? What, what are the current, obviously, I yeah, like what? I wish, I wish we knew. <laughs> I know. How, 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 how would you, uh, how would we want it to turn out over the next couple of months? Like what's the current thought process and mindset? I think the main thing that I would like to see right now is people not losing their jobs. Yeah. Um, I think given what the government have recently brought out, I imagine loads of people have heard about it, but might not actually know too much about it. But obviously the government have brought out the new initiative for people who have lost the jobs or employers um who are you know worried about letting people go or thinking they might have to yeah. um, obviously the government now are going to cover the cost of 80 percent of the wages for people earning um i think it's up to two and a half thousand pound a month so that does not cost the employer yeah. at all that does not cost and the it's business. That, what's that word sorry chelsea I'm, I'm i struggle to pronounce it furlough yeah um, so like furlough that. means a leave of absence <laughs> Yeah. Um, so the leave of absence is however long you are off work for where you're not actually working um, until this epidemic, until, you know, yeah. until all of this is yeah. over. Um, and then you ha- you still have a job secure at the end of it. So that actually, I know there's a lot of umming and ahhing around what that means. But from my understanding from the research that I've done is that even if an employer has already let somebody go before, you know, maybe it maybe at the beginning of last week when this all happened they can still apply for this grant to cover their salaries so the person won't be working but they will still have you know money to pay for for the lives and the mortgages and the rent and people that depend on them so I think that's the key thing I I don't want to see anybody else losing the job yeah. Um, and I'd like to see people not having to panic into rushing into a business that isn't going to be right for them because they've not got a salary coming in. This grant should be able to help everybody. So I'd encourage employers and employees to really do the research on that because I know a couple of people who I've spoken to got laid off on Wednesday or Thursday last week and they're like, yeah, we're not getting anything. So I'd, yeah, I'd definitely encourage people to so look into look that at what support right now get. Yeah. like knowledge is power yeah, yeah yeah without a doubt 
Um, I think for everything else I'd like to see is just people continuing to build relationships and you know yeah there might not be loads that you can do right now but creating a steady pipeline and you know being there for people and actually doing what recruitment consultants are supposed to do is consulting people we are the experts in our markets so let's use that to make things easier for everybody else and then the idea is hopefully that those people will then come back to you when this is all over yeah what what have you seen um what have you if you have or haven't but have you have you had any conversations with employers on sort of innovative things that they've had to do to sort of weather the storm to make sure that the sort of last potential step of them having to protect the business is letting people go like have you seen what have you seen anyone come up with if it's i don't know reducing commission over the next three months or i don't know like have you seen have you seen or heard anything that Uh, there's there's quite a lot of um creative things that people are doing right now so we're seeing um people having um, taken unpaid leave during the, okay. during the time. So they're still working for the business, they're still continuing to recruit, um, but they might take a day or two unpaid leave throughout the week, which is yeah. just lessening that cost a little bit more on the employer. We're seeing um, commission being deferred. And I know yeah. some people, they will hate that because we're recruiters, we recruit yeah, to earn the commission. That's why we do it. But you know, if it is that your commission is deferred, but you keep your job and that commission is still going to be there when all this turns around, then it's, then it's an option. Um, I think some businesses are putting their employees um, in this, you know, this in furlough state where the, the government are paying the 80% of the salaries, but the, the employer can also pay the difference. So they can pay the additional 20% that you're missing so that you aren't out of pocket. Yeah. Um, I've seen a lot of quite a few businesses actually that are now doing a little bit of a different thing where they're offering just a much larger percentage of any deals that you do rather than that. Yeah, like they're doing commission like based only rather than having. Yeah, I heard I heard that today actually. I had a um a chat message me just saying this is a situation. Do you know anyone? Blah blah blah, and it was just a really nice message actually. He was he's really early on in his recruitment career, and they put they um. Obviously, the business um, used the the furlough um, route to say, "Look, we want to keep you on. We think you'd be great, but right now we can't be paying your salary." Blah blah blah. And he turned around and said, "Look, my salary isn't my greatest concern right now. I want to be learning. I want to be doing recruitment." So they and he was like, "Look, I'll do this job just commission only." Um, and they've they've done that, which they've been really pleased about. So that is interesting. For yeah, so that's been interesting actually. Um, Okay, cool. So look, before we finish, just thinking that you're giving some really good advice and perspective on what's going on right now. I think from I'm definitely finding it difficult. But what what are you ladies doing to to help keep mentally sane in in (laughs) what's going on right now? I I, I do think a lot of people because for me, this is my personal opinion, but I think going on LinkedIn right now and seeing those recruiters post their nice pictures of their work from home setup. They've got two screens. They've got a nice chair and all this, but I definitely haven't got that. Um, I don't have that. Dining room table and a cushion on the, on the seat. Exactly. Yeah. I'm on a folded fold up table in the bedroom. I've got a cross (laughs) trainer in the bedroom. Um, like I'm finding it really difficult. And I think for me, from what I'm seeing, people may have just gone on work from home this week or a couple of days and, 
it is it's easy to do it's easy to say at the beginning like yeah we'll we'll do this but it's fucking difficult yeah. it is hard um but what are you what are you guys doing to sort of tr- just try and keep mentally sane and mental health just remain positive like some of the daily non-negotiables what's going on for you guys so something that ash has implemented which i think is a brilliant idea is the five f's okay so we've got fun fitness finance focus and family so you need to make sure each day we've actually got a little um spreadsheet now where we're making sure we're adding to each one and everyone can see how everyone else is doing so like on a daily basis on a daily basis well. yeah, cool, cool, cool. Day, making sure you're taking some time out to do something fun whether that be play, I don't know, like Monopoly with your family. Yeah, we, we, four is we, my we, thing right now. Yeah, we've been, we've been, we've got, we've got the Wii downstairs. We've been <laughs> playing a bit of the Wii. Which I've, really seen, I've seen There you go, fun and that. fitness. Two <laughs> points. I saw that said that um, the Wii has like picked up. Really? I've <laughs> <It's like, laughs> <laughs> played Wii tennis or bowling for years, but now yeah. everyone's loving it. Yeah. Um, yeah, so just like one for fun, making sure you're doing something that's obviously looking after your physical health. Yeah. Sticking from home, you're just more inclined to just sit down and, and not do anything all day. Sure. Yeah, so making sure you're doing something fitness wise, finance, making sure you, you're keeping track of your finances is your outgoings. Are you looking after them, making sure that they're intact? focus so meditation maybe doing an hour of meditation just to keep focus and, and an hour i maybe not an hour oh. <laughs> <laughs> i was gonna say an hour. no yeah. no so yeah definitely no definitely meditation for sure i'm i'm someone that meditates i'll just an hour that would be a journey for me i'm more of a 10 15 minute <laughs> yeah, well, you don't have to be in full meditation mode but just trying to do something you know sure. what, though, even if it's just five minutes to take yeah. it for yourself definitely whatever time you take for yourself during all of this is good yeah. and also not also not beating yourself up if you um, don't do it yeah. yeah yeah it's just i guess valuing that when you do and then family like the most funniest thing happened the other day so didn't actually happen because of blooming Boris Johnson's announcement. But <laughs> we, had, we had a family pub quiz downstairs. Like my sister was like, right guys, got a family pub quiz at eight o'clock. Make sure you're there. So making, <laughs> making sure you're doing stuff for your family. So whether that's yeah. reaching out to someone on FaceTime that you can't see right now, making sure you're doing that to just keep like those relationships with them and making sure you're, you're reaching out to your family. Yeah. What about you, Chelsea? Anything that... I know you mentioned that you're definitely smashing out the Connect Four, but and <laughs> anything that yeah. sort of has helped you over the last week or so? Um, I suppose, you know what's been a massive help for me? And actually this morning we had one, we had a like an hour Zoom call um with the team. And coming off that call, like I just felt so much better about everything yeah, yeah, that yeah. was going on. So I think ha- having a little bit of clarity around mm. what's happening in everything right now helps quite a lot. Um, I think for me, it's, you know, I can't spend time with my family, but I've been like FaceTiming grandparents and speaking to people that way um, just to, you know, make sure that everybody is still feeling good in my family. Um, And like I went for a nice long walk along the river um, this afternoon on my lunch just to make sure like I'm getting out in nature and fresh air and sure. But obviously, you know, still isolating and keeping that uh, two meters two distance. Two meter distance, thing. of course. Yeah. <laughs> and you're out of two, obviously, you and your fiance, that's it. No one else. Yeah, and, and Bobby the Westie. Oh, fair enough. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just I, the I, three of us. <laughs> yeah, no, I think for me, it's definitely been making sure that I do some sort of exercise if that's just 
just smashing out a couple of press ups or just jogging on the spot or playing the Wii for a bit or whatever it is. And then just for me, just having, just actually having a bit of a routine, not just like rolling out of bed at different times each day. And oh yeah. You've got to get like, up at the same time, get dressed. Yeah. Keep seeing people um, compare it to Love Island. And I just love that. <laughs> <laughs> so like, like, oh yeah. Can I just pull you for a chat? <laughs> yeah. So it's just like, um, yeah. So for me, that's really helped, but I think keep doing that. And I think, um, yeah, communicating with people and we'll we'll get through, through this together. I think um, we'll definitely pull through together for sure. Um, cool. So look, last question that uh, I always uh, ask people on this podcast, you can answer it with a, a, um, a phrase, a sentence, a word, whatever comes to mind. But if, if the both of you could communicate to every single recruiter out there, they'd take on your advice, they'd listen, they'd implement it tomorrow what what would you say to the people (laughs) good question cody (laughs) cody i think for me just going back to what charlie said before tomorrow is a new day yes you can seize new opportunities you can learn something new tomorrow you can fail at something new tomorrow but you can also win at something new tomorrow so just think tomorrow is a new day and just keep going like in recruitment it's so easy to just like get give- bogged down with it all isn't yeah. it yeah um so just keep keep going out like we're made of resilience so so yeah yeah tomorrow's a good day i like it yeah oh, that's a good one i suppose again just the same thing that i said before then similar similar to cody it's all temporary but literally just take up learn as much as you can every day even if you have a terrible day going back to the black box way of thinking what could you have done differently what can you take from that into the next day what can you learn from it yeah probably the best I can come up with on the spot (laughs) I like it well look Chelsea Cody it's been a pleasure thank you thank you for having us thank you so much for listening to the podcast I really want to ensure this podcast remains valuable and relevant for all of you If you have topics or questions you would love me to cover with future guests, then please get in touch with me. Best place to get me is on LinkedIn. Just search Hishimazoos and drop me a message. I would love to hear from you. Finally, if you have two minutes, it would be greatly appreciated if you could leave an honest review for the podcast. It will simply mean that I can reach more people with this podcast. You can easily leave a review for the podcast by clicking the link in the episode notes or by going to ratethispodcast.com forward slash rollercoaster. Thank you again for listening.